Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. When you get a guest who's got so many angles to their life and so many different bits and pieces going on, you almost don't know where to start. And it's true with my guest this week, who is Ian Wright, who is a consultant orthopaedic surgeon at our very own Nobles Hospital, but is also a ludicrously, and I use the word advisedly, talented guitarist and keyboard player. Ian, welcome to my tunes. Thank you, Mark. Well, I mean ludicrously because you play the most complicated stuff I think anybody does around here, especially on the keyboard, as well as a guitar. But we'll come on to that. You train, though. You went to be a doctor. You became a doctor and then went into surgery. I did indeed. I've always liked the idea of fixing things <laughs> rather than prescribing drugs and find out where it works. So to me, the idea of being an orthopaedic surgeon, something comes in, it's broken or worn out, and I can either fix it or replace it. Patients generally come back and say, thanks very much, Doc. And I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Uh, you came over here 2005? 2005. 2005. Yeah. And you've been at Nobles ever since? I have. What, what drew you to the Isle of Man initially? Uh, that is uh, an unusual story. I was trained in spinal surgery. I was, I suppose, being groomed to be a teaching hospital spinal consultant. And um, the jobs were not working out really in the in the UK the job at my training hospital uh, didn't come off and then my wife saw a picture in the British Medical Journal it was a lovely day the one lovely day a year over Peel Harbour and um, she said jokingly I think oh you could apply there and then the more I looked into it and the more I thought about it the more attractive it became came over for a visit uh, Nobles Hospital was very new at that point uh, it was the summer, it was nice weather, and I thought, yeah, why not? And so I applied for the job, and I got the job, and I've absolutely no regrets about doing so. And an orthopaedic surgeon is bones, essentially. It is bones and joints. We yeah. fix fractures, we replace joints. Uh, the origin of the word is straight children, because um, before all the orthopaedic technology was invented, all you had at your disposal was traction and, and plastering. I suppose, and so they used to deal with kids with TB and trying to keep their joints straight. Uh, but then the metalwork came on board, and suddenly orthopaedic surgery became sexy, if I'm allowed to say that on, think the, you can, yeah. on the radio. A uh, previous boss of mine said he always fancied being an orthopaedic surgeon, but he was told at the time, no, 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 you're good enough to be a general surgeon. You don't want to put yourself down by doing orthopaedic surgery uh, but it's changed and it's probably the slightly slightly more glamorous end uh, of surgical specialties not that that's why I do it I'm not in it for the glamour aspect it's just it suits my uh, my ethos of just wanting to fix stuff and replace it and um, I, I'm not great at dealing with very ill patients it's not what floats my boat so you'd rather fix them and, and wait them I'd goodbye. rather have patients that are generally quite well just with a bit that's wrong and replace it I get that tomorrow I want to talk a lot about you and music starting at a very early age indeed because that's precisely what happened but before we get to tomorrow just for today can you say was there ever a moment when you thought maybe I'll be a professional musician and not a doctor. 
only i suppose in sixth form when you're sort of living the dream trying to sort of get a band together with your mates thinking oh great i'll be a rock star i'll be the next eddie van halen or something like that but it was never gonna happen you know for every eddie van halen there's ten thousand wannabes that um get nowhere and almost certainly i would have been one of them as a mathematical logical sort of person i thought now i'll go for something safe and music can always be the hobby and you are enjoying both. Yes, hugely, absolutely. Hugely. Let's have today's track, the first track. Where are we going? Uh, we're going both back to 1988 and also back as far as, I don't know, I suppose 1685 was when Bach was born. This is a piece by a guitarist by the name of Vinnie Moore, who I've followed since back in the day. He was one of the original shred guitarists, um, playing incredibly technical stuff, often based on classical music. And this piece uh, is based on a Bach piano concerto and also air on a G-string. He sort of combines the two. And it's called April Sky by Vinnie Moore. Thank you. 
Yesterday, my MyTunes guest, Ian Wright, told us what drew him to being a surgeon, an orthopaedic surgeon, fixing you up, putting you out the door and saying, there you go, run down the road in a few weeks' time. And that's what he does. But he also is an astonishing musician. Ian, thank you for doing my tunes. Not only are you an astonishing musician, and I know because I've seen you many times, but it's across the guitar and keyboards, both. But you started very early on, didn't you? I started on the piano uh, in my nan's pub. My nan used to run a pub, and uh, as soon as I was tall enough to stand and reach the keys, I was plinking out tunes on the piano in the pub. We got a piano at home when I was seven. We bought it, I remember distinctly, for 25 quid, and we literally rolled it down the road uh, to my house. Massively heavy thing. God knows how we got it over the front doorstep. And I've just played ever since. I've always had to be had a piano. I took a few lessons as, as a kid, uh, between the ages of about seven and nine. I had a few more lessons when I was about 11. Uh, but largely, I'm self-taught up until more recently when I had some lessons preparing for some of the more technical pieces I tried to play in the Guild. OK. But going back to those school days, uh, those very, very young days, did you take on the grades, the, the piano grades that people took? No, not really. Uh, I, I did, when I went to grammar school, I... I took up piano lessons again and did grade four but that's the only grade I've got yeah. on, on the piano uh, I was in the school band at primary school uh, and I, I could probably play even then to a much higher grade standard than grade four but grade four is the only one I've actually got a certificate for I'm thinking you have a very very powerful ear for music you can hear it you can play it you don't have to read it off the score Absolutely, and consequently, I can't really read it off the score. I can read music. Uh, if it's a single line, I can sort of pick it out. I understand it. I see it as a graph of pitch versus time, and I can sort of work it out. But when there's more than one note at a time, or when the rhythm gets a bit more challenging, I'm lost. I mean, Chris Jagus, my uh, pianistic rival, I suppose you could call him, in the um, when we were doing the Guild, He's the opposite. He could, um, you could put him a piece of music and he could just play it. And it was infuriating. <laughs> um, but he found me, I think, equally infuriating because I could learn a piece of music and then I've remembered it forever. Um, really? So we it had, sticks? Yeah, it, it we, sticks. We, we had complementary skills. Yeah. So I tended to win the memory class and he tended to win the sight reading class. Okay, well, fair enough. What about the guitar? Was that running in parallel with the piano as a youngster? We had an old guitar in the house, um, which I, th I think my mum and dad got from some catalogue or something. It was uh, probably what we'd consider to be a piece of junk, but it was always lying around and I would sort of pick it up and pick out tunes. Again, I had a few lessons at primary school, didn't really do much with them, but it was when I saw a mate of mine playing Crazy Little Thing Called Love by Queen on the guitar. I was thinking, well, if he can do that, surely I can do that. So I picked up the guitar again and I started playing a bit more rhythm and a bit more chords and uh, I was a bit bigger, got bigger hands, I could um, more easily do it. I think the guitar, if people start too young, they find it physically very, very difficult to play. I think you've got to, you've got to be about 11 or 12. Vinnie Moore, we mentioned yesterday, I think he was 12 when he started, mm. so you can get as good as him. Um, starting at 12, there's no real reason to start much younger than that. 
just well, for the, the physical side of things. I know one of your huge heroes on the guitar is Brian. Brian May. Dr. Dr. Brian May. Yeah. Because um, I've seen you play. I've, I've seen you play bits of Queen, and I've seen you play a guitar that looks remarkably like his. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do own a, a Brian May signature guitar that he produces in his own company which is very good and i also used that in the stage show we were rocky when balakameen put that on i was in the band for that show uh, and that was a lot of fun but yeah i'm a huge i've been a huge queen fan ever since i remember watching them on top of the pops when i was about four i'm sure i remember that performance of killer queen in 1974 and certainly i remember bohemian rhapsody being in the charts my mother always used to say uh, she loved listening to Freddie Mercury singing, but she didn't like the look of him at the time. He just looked a little bit strange and unusual. Too exotic for her, I think. Very exotic. Then. So there's no difficulty at all in predicting which track we're going to have. No, well, th there had to be a Queen track in there. Uh, I, I couldn't not put a Queen track forward for this. I thought long and hard about picking something obscure from the back catalogue. I considered the Prophet song, which is a, a great sort of proggy song from Night at the Opera. I considered White Queen, which is off Queen 2, which is Brian May's favourite album of the Queen albums. But it had to be, I'm afraid, and I'm sorry if this is too trite. Uh, it has to be Bohemian Rhapsody because it's simply perfection with the different sections, the, the vocals and the guitar solo is the best. Is this the
motto of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, 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 Mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me. My guest this week on MyTunes is Ian Wright. He is consultant orthopaedic surgeon at Nobles Hospital here on the Isle of Man. He's a piano player, he's a guitarist, and he's been in a lot of bands, some of which I know. Uh, Kvarkin? Kvarkin 2, because it was the second iteration of that band. Yes, and going back before that, 995? 995, that's the first band that uh, I joined here on the Isle of Man. Okay. Um, that's a band that was spawned from the hospital comedy shows that we ran a few years. The band in the show formed the band and thought, let's start playing in pubs and things. And I wasn't in that, so I didn't do the first comedy show. I, I did the subsequent ones more on the writing and directing side as well as being in the in the orchestra pit. Okay. And then 995, their, their keyboard player, Matt Todd, uh, who was uh, a consultant physician at the hospital, he left the island and it was a natural step for me to take over the keyboard uh, stand in that band. And then Southern State? Yeah, Andy James, I think, saw me playing in 995, was looking to put a country outfit together, called me up and said, do you fancy being in another band? I says, yeah, why not? Don't like country music, but I'm sure I can learn it. And <laughs> 
You don't like country music? Not especially. Not especially, but he can play. Uh, bon Jelski? Well, yeah, similar story. Phil, yeah. H- Phil Hatton was in the Southern State Band, and he says, wow, wow, we've got a keyboard player that can play. Um, <laughs> do you fancy being in a Bon Jovi cover band? Uh, and so we we formed that with Mike Jelski on vocals, hence the name Bon Jelski, and that is huge fun. I love playing yeah, those I gigs. Bet. It's just uh, it's just a blast playing with those guys. And more recently, and to everyone's delight, the reformed Pigs on the Wing. Yeah, well, I've I've been a massive Pink Floyd fan, and I came on the island in two thousand and five, as we've said, and I used to go and see Pigs on the Wing and taken my kids to see pigs on the wing i've literally bought a t-shirt for that <laughs> band and then the keyboard seat came available for that and because in the last few years i've got to know most of the guys in the the local music business i was probably the uh, natural natural replacement for for chris who vacated the seat after about 10 years tough act to follow yeah and a lot of tricky stuff to play not really. Really? The, the the playing aspect is actually relatively straightforward. The tricky stuff is the setting up of the sounds, because with Pink Floyd it's more about the soundscape. So the, the, the fingers on keys aspect of it, once you've got everything set up, it's quite quite relaxing. There's a little bit of work to do with, with timing and triggering samples and mm. that sort of technical sort of bubble. Now we talked about how strong your musical ear is. I guess that is a huge advantage when it comes to emulating a particular sound, not just the notes, but getting it to sound like Pink Floyd. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm learning that as I go along. Uh, I've got a good ear for pitch, so you play me a note, I'll tell you what it is, pretty much, and I'll certainly know what the next note is in relation to it. But in terms of the sound, I've been been learning the, the principles of sound synthesis and sound design as I've been going along. And it's been an interesting challenge, and I think I'm, I think I'm doing okay. So right, far. I'm going to get a bit nerdy now. Forgive me, dear listener, because I want to know. Over the years, synthesizers and electronic music's changed a lot, and the instruments themselves have changed. So presumably, if you're playing an old piece by Pink Floyd, you're not necessarily getting hold of their old equipment, but you're emulating it using more modern equipment. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. I, I, I do... Um, all of my keyboarding so far through Apple Mainstage, which is a fantastic piece of software. You plug in a generic keyboard to it and a controller with a few sort of knobs and sliders and things on, and you control the software, and the software is making all the sounds, and you can emulate the synths from the 1970s. You can emulate the old Hammond organs, and they've got so accurate uh, in recent years, it's difficult to consider going back, really. Well, we're going to have to, therefore, have a bit of Pink Floyd for today. What are we going to have? We are, again, I I thought long and hard over this one. A bit of a story about great gig in the sky. My my partner, Kathy, she she didn't used to like me. And I was playing great gig in the sky, just noodling at one of the hospital comedy shows. And five years later, we're an item. You see, I could have told you this. They normally go for the bass player. Girls love bass players. And I don't play bass. I don't know if you play bass much, but it it never works. I I thought the bass player was even lower down the pecking order (laughs) than the keyboardist, which I know is way after the lead guitarist and the vocalist. But anyway, that's uh, Pink Floyd. It could be said, brought Kathy and I together. I was going to choose Great Gig in the Sky, but it's, I don't think it's a very, it's more of a live track than a radio friendly track. 
So I'm going to choose Shine On You Crazy Diamond, which is the track, quite a lengthy track, that they dedicated to Sid Barrett, their departed original founder member. And uh, it's a wonderful soundscape. I love playing it live with Pigs on the Wing when we start off with that G minor chord, and it's just fantastic. So we'll take a live version. Take a live version from Pulse. Here we are.
yesterday, my guest, Ian Wright, put me in my place. He said that playing Pink Floyd, the keyboard parts, isn't that difficult. You've just got to know what sounds to make, which was fair, and I took it on the chin. So today, Ian, I want you to tell me, out of the great rock keyboard players, who do you admire the most? Difficult question, but currently... Uh, the only one I would say is Jordan Rudess of Dream Theatre. Right. He's unbelievably talented musician. He started life as a classical pianist. He went to the, I don't know if I'm meant to say this with a French accent, Juillard or Juillard or Juillard Music Conservatory. They're not listening. I know they're not listening, so you're all right. <laughs> music Conservatory in uh, New York. And uh, he was a child prodigy on the piano and he could have been a concert pianist, but he got himself in the age of 18 or so into electronic music and sound design. And he can do it all. He can do the most complex classical pieces. There's stuff out there on YouTube of him playing Rachmaninoff, playing Chopin, uh, unbelievably technically gifted, but also what he does with the sound design. He develops sounds, he's created software with his company uh, for the iPad, he, and he's just unbelievable, talented guy. Well, well, we'll come back to him, because I know we're going to have a bit of music featuring him to wrap things up with. I just want to go back to your work with Kavakan 2, because really and truly, I knew you as a guitarist. You used to come down the Blues Club, bring your guitar, play some amazing stuff, do a bit of singing, a bit, bit of playing... And then suddenly somebody said, have you seen him play the piano? I said, no. Look at this. Look at him doing this Firth of Fifth. Now, I mentioned that because I think that's quite a complicated piece of work. Uh, Tony Banks, Genesis, great sort of inspired by classical uh, work. And there you were. I honestly, I, I can say this to him because I'm with you. You won't hit me. I thought you were miming. It was so impressive. Thanks, thanks for the compliment. Um, I quite possibly was miming. No, you weren't. No, I may, I may have been. I, that, that, what you heard was me doing it. But when we recorded the video clips to put together for the YouTube, I think I was playing along to okay, the same. Well, that, so that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. We rec so I'm, I may have been miming that video. I was playing it, and I, but I, was, I was playing along to my own recording. That was a lockdown thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a lockdown project. The five of us just um, brilliant did our own things and. Is it still on YouTube? Yeah. So what do they look up? Kavarka, if you're listening to this, you think, I want to see that. Kavarka, K-V-A. Hang on, how do you spell Kavarka? K-V-A-R-K-E-N. And then two. You may not need the two. So just yeah. Kavarka, Firth of Fifth. Yeah. It's worth having a look. Honestly, I don't... If, he, if it looks like he's miming, he played it earlier. His one he made earlier. So we'll, we'll gloss over that. But I, I think Tony Banks, a phenomenal player. Tony Banks, yeah. I mean... That's the difference. We said Pink Floyd yesterday. It wasn't too difficult. Playing playing the Tony Banks stuff like we did in Kavarkin, that was a bit more challenging. Yeah. Certainly had to stay stone cold sober for that and get warmed up and practice. And uh, it was Firth of Fifth playing that live in Quid's Inn or something. It was seat of your pants stuff when you're standing yeah. there and people are throwing bottles at you and whatever. Not easy. <laughs> Not easy at all. When you're playing... And are you now mostly keyboards, or is it still split between the guitar and the keys? I play I play a lot of guitar at home, uh, but all my band work at the moment is keyboards, although that may change at some point. One day I do want to play guitar in a band. What sort of band, if you could just conjure one up today, what would it be with you on guitar? Oh, you'd have to be Queen. Uh, I'd love to be in a Queen tribute band. Well, you know a lot of those parts already. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen you do it. <laughs> yeah, I know Queen's main catalogue in my head, really, and I can just um, strum along to most of them. I'd have to learn the solos and get the sounds right, and but, yeah, I could do that. Again, people often say it's not just the guitar and the amplifier, it's how you use your fingers and even your plectrum to get the actual sound of someone like Brian May. Well, yeah, as... As you know, Brian May's got his own sort of unique tone and using the sixpence to pick with. I don't think he does that so much these mm. days. He plays a lot with his fingers. But one one technique that Brian May uses quite a lot of is, is the, the so-called rake, where he sort of scrapes across the strings before hitting that, that bend. Uh, you hear it in his work a, a huge amount, and that's that's something I think I've got nailed. Well, we can't wait to see that. That's another another outing. We'll we'll all I'll join the queue. I'll be first in line. You talked about Dream Theatre to start this piece. Tell me a bit more about it before we finish up with the track. They're, they're the the most technically gifted band that there is. I think the the guitar player, the drummers, the bassist, the keyboard player. They're just phenomenal musicians. The stuff that they write and perform is technically incredible we've talked about tony banks this is one or two levels beyond what the the genesis were doing it's fast and furious the the keyboardist and guitarist john petrucci they play harmony unison in incredible musicianship from them and i've seen them a few times i went on one of those vip things where you got to meet the band and hang out with them for a bit and that was a a great experience um their best album, in my opinion, is Scenes from a Memory. It's a concept album. Uh, it tells the story of reincarnation, really. It's about a man that um, is having dreams, uh, that he knows something from a previous life, and he was murdered in a previous life. Wow. And the musicianship and the storytelling on this album are just unbelievable. And so the, the track that we've selected for today is probably the most melodic track on that album and it's called um, the spirit carries on and we've taken a live version of it live version with the extended guitar intro with john petrucci quite right too well listen ian thank you for coming on my tunes thank you for putting us all back together again and replacing bits when we need it and thank you for the incredible music with all the various bands particularly the pigs on the wing next generation and here's to that queen band Thanks, Mark.
What a band. Dream Theatre. And what a fabulous track. The choice of my MyTunes guest all this week, Ian Wright. Ian, thank you again. I can't wait to see you in that Queen tribute band later this year with a little bit of luck. I'm Mark Tiley. Keep coming back here for more podcasts as they're appearing every single day. And don't forget to join me, if you can, Monday to Friday for the Shore Morning Show, 9.30 until 12.00.